doing a little movies 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 jen andre welcome how are you both how are your weekends let's do a quick recap how are we good 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 big weekend lots happening movies 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 in 2020 we're all saying who needs them <laughs> uh, we're not all saying that jen you have been begging to go back to the cinemas i am at the forefront of a movement to close all cinemas for longer and encourage people to watch movies at home oh the only my. cinema that's still open is the blacktown drive-in and they insist on playing harry potter one which we're fine with <laughs> <laughs> just joking just joking we're so excited because a lot has happened in the past month and it has led to a very exciting Sydney Spotlight interview that we're going to bring to you guys in a few minutes. We're going to be Stay talking tuned. to Enoch Melengi, who is a former student of NIDA who was involved in the campaign to unmask, is that the right word? To basically reveal yeah, the there was systemic- 100 students and staff that um, have signed a petition to align themselves with Black Lives Matter and call out systemic and institutional racism at NIDA, which is a long time coming. So we're going to talk to Enoch a little bit later. But first up, we've got movie news. Bring in the movie news. <laughs> There's the sting. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar nominee Tony Collette has a membership to Dr. Earth and visits both Neutral Bay and King Street branches. <laughs> Eyewitness report she brought vit- bought vitamins from King Street and actually has a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you forgot to preface that with breaking news. We just found out that Tony Collette frequents We have people on the ground who saw her in the shops. So. Oh my! This is true. Spotted. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Collette's uh, previous achievements include. I'm just kidding. We all know Tony Collette. Uh, but so speaking of Australian cinema, we are expecting cinemaplexes to reopen with a startling new strategy making sure films are good enough to survive the opening weekend and past and beyond. Most films, not to give a lecture on distribution, but most uh, distribution companies recoup the most money for themselves on opening weekend. And then the longer that a film is in cinemas, the less money the distributor is making and more money the cinema is making. So because there's been like a complete reshuffle and reimagining of the cinema structure, people are now saying that films are now going to have to survive and be profitable and successful beyond the opening weekend which begs the question are films going to suddenly start being good jen do you think that films are going to start being good and when i say films i mean christopher nolan mega pics they're gonna have to be addictive (laughs) i love the idea of an addictive film i love that australia is going to be addicted to film production again as well because apparently there's 18 major hollywood productions heading here so the sydney morning herald reports because Hollywood isn't ready to open up in the States because of their mismanagement or whatever you want to call it. So, so everyone listening, head down to Max Employment in Marrickville with me. Get your resumes polished up because we are going to get on set jobs. We are so excited, albeit a bit embarrassed, to have to report that a Sydney production has been called out. Jen, you have the news. Little Women and Sharp Object star Eliza Scanlon and local production company Fat Salmon have apologised for making 
the film Mukbang, which is a short film that took away the $7,000 short film director award at this year's Sydney Film Festival and kind of received, I got to say, a lot of blind praise from the entire arts and media community the entire way through this process until they eventually got called out. They removed a scene on Juneteenth, June 19th, after it had already been in the Sydney Film Festival for ages of a black man getting hit over the head. It was like a drawing that one of the characters had done. And the film Strangled about- Day. I'm pretty sure it's Strangled. Strangled. Or is it hit- oh. we haven't, I haven't seen the film. Um, I mean, who's going to pay $14 to watch a short film on Sydney Film I mean, exactly. That- so anyway, Michelle Law had them out. Um, and they have apologized and said that if they had more BIPOC heads of department, then this wouldn't have happened. And currently we're wondering what they're gonna change Fat Salmon to. What are they gonna change um, the name We, uh, before we get to the name change, we wanted to emphasize that one of the main talking points of the story is that when the film was called out, they decided to remove the scene and then still have the film available at the Sydney Film Festival. And people were saying, no, you can't win a directing prize and you can't win a major award at a festival and then like sneakily delete a scene and then still have it live on for people to enjoy. That's not how it works. Um, so Fat Salmon have apologized profusely and have, um, we have inside sources telling us that they are considering changing their production name to Totem Pole Films, <laughs> but that is yet to be confirmed. And it begs the question, what constitutes a good film? And uh, it's obviously it's not what the, sorry, you go. No, you go, it's obviously not. It's obviously not what the institutions are coddling and delivering to us, which is just nothingness. <sighs> oh, that's all I have to say. Sorry. Maya's <laughs> just like, this is so exhausting. <laughs> no, no. This is just insane news. Just... Um, it's insane and then, news, but... and then by extension, NIDA have been called out by over 100 ex-staff and students, and we are going to speak to one of them on Sydney Spotlight after we review some stuff. And... You know, get a dose of film culture and what Jen and I have been watching. On FBI, you are on movies, movies, movies with Jen and Andre. We are going to take it to uh, Camixlo with Paletta. A little request for the film lords right here. Don't go anywhere. Two reviews is right after this track. <laughs> Dale sobra que la cuenta. 
right there on FBI. It is Kamikso with Paletta for Movies, Movies, Movies. We have Jen and Andre on the scene. We've just had, I feel like I've almost been hit by a truck with the amount of breaking movie news you've just, you've just shared with us all right here on Mornings. Um, it's time though for a little two reviews. We've got, I got a little sneak peek of one of them. I'm very intrigued, but we're going to kick it off first with Andre's pick. Rami, here's a little snippet for you. There he is, back in action. <laughs> it's been a weird year. I really want to do it the right way, man. I'm not going to look at porn, nothing. I just want to commit. No porn, this guy says no porn. It's going to be tough. No way, impossible. Rami, do you want to stay alone forever? You don't even have a real job. You do nothing at a startup that does nothing. They are starting up. I just want to figure out my calling. Brother Rami, so what brings you here? I want to change, and I heard you can help me. Speak the straightforward word, brother. I know I can be better. Well, damn. I feel like I've seen a movie. I could only hear a little snippet of that, but is there a part where Rami says, I want to change? Because it's yeah. so, that's so classic Rami. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, y'all. So Rami is, in my opinion, a great show, whatever that actually means in 2020, about Rami Youssef, a New Jersey resident struggling to remain faithful as a Muslim. Uh, he break, basically breaks all the, ru- all the rules by, you know, smoking pot and watching porn and having outside of marriage sex. And the show is genuinely enjoyable slash sad when it doesn't kneecap itself the same way Louis, Baskets, Girls, Atlanta, Barry, and dare I say Shrill do. And what I mean is that we need less expensive depictions of one person's fight against traditional employment and more experimental television. The show, though, does a good job of dedicating four episodes to Rami's mum, who's a French-speaking uh, um, Lyft driver. And also his underappreciated sister. And those episodes make for genuinely surprising bottlenecks. We just need a spin-off for them, I think. We need Rami's siblings and Rami's mom. Oh, and Desiree Akhavan makes a cameo as a director of an episode about gay sex, which obviously is just for the GLBT viewers. Ultimately, I wonder, in the show, which is starring a comedian, and it kind of is discussing his, you know, him emerging onto the scene or him in his early 20s. How do so many American comedians feel isolated in New York, the epicenter of comedy? It makes no sense. It seems like there are so many of them and they're all going through the same thing. They're all feeling lonely and unsure and, and haven't got control of their careers. It's like, you are in New York City. Can't you just join a community or something? Isn't that what UCB is for? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just sick of TV shows about how hard it is to be an emerging comedian in New York City. How hard can it actually be? Jenny, chime in. Damn. <laughs> really like the first part of this review that I'm reading that you wrote where you're like, this is just me talking to myself. Well, it's, well, I have to mention that it's um it's an A24 production. And as we all know, this is an, okay, this is A24 made Spring Breakers. And this is my impersonation. Your, of A24, your impersonation. <laughs> this is my impersonation of an A24 film. Oh, it's so depressing being an Ivy League graduate American auteur with a fake big budget in this time of identity politics when all I want is to live inside a Bean John Malkovich-esque remake centering my experience of doing hard traditional labor in my early 20s before becoming a successful stand-up comedian in New York City. Literally, why does every stand-up comedian who's emerging have to complain about being a stand-up in New York? 
And then I wrote, oops, sorry, I'm accidentally reading the wrong email. This isn't my Rami review. It's my psychologist notes from Headspace. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I feel like I would have had to explain A24. But basically, A24 is just pretentious shit, in my opinion. And uh, we just need more experimenting with form, like with Bad Trip. Not going <laughs> to lie. Eric Andre is a genius comedian and is doing great things. Mm, I was going to say, it almost sounds like it has a, a rogue alternate uh, Atlanta by Donald Glover kind of feel to it. Well, yes, when I was doing Atlanta Ray and like dragging other shows, I mentioned Atlanta. So it does have an Atlanta vibe, but F- just basically American TV is all the same at the end of the day. There really are only seven <laughs> stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, well, what do you think? Really cool, um, what's, you know, the course? Cool, what do they say in, uh, in uh, A Star is Born? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing actual experimental TV, so I feel a lot more gushy and a lot less cynical about American TV because I'm talking about IGTV, which is the only thing I want to watch anymore. I'm doing two lizards. Have we got a sting for it? We've got a little, little clippy clip right little here. Clippy clip? Here with us on the line are a group of protesters share their stories now. from the uh, ground amazing. and tell us okay. what's, Cut to camp three. What's, what's happening. We happen to get the chief of police on the line. He only has five minutes to give us. Well, we already have a protester on the line. Uh, this just came up. We'll, we'll move things around a little. It's fucking chaos anyway. I don't understand. They're right here, ready to talk to us. You have any idea how hard it was to get them? No. Okay, we're in five. Are you? In three. Don't do this to me, Scott. Don't. Two. Don't, don't you dare. One. Wow. Wow. She stares at this fat pig on the screen and doesn't say anything. And she's a lizard. She's a CGI lizard. Well, I was going to say, wanna, like, the audience That's does not give you any indication of what the video, video or film is like at all. It feels, yeah, it's, it's so, <laughs> it's these little snapshots of life in New York City portrayed on little iPhone footage videos with CGI lizards inside them. So Two Lizards is like hanging with those few people you were always hanging with anyway but tuning out of like the mid-level noise and into the like little petite raindrop micro moments that speak to the hyper changes going on during COVID. Orian Barkey, who directed the Rico Nasty Obdoc Counting Up and Moroccan and former French stream artist, Marianne Bernani, who's become famous for her post-colonial mumblecore animation and making unlearning French culture fun, have been making two lizards for like three months since the start of COVID. They're like these little one to three minute shareable snapshots that make you feel like you've watched a whole 90 minute feature that also feel more real than any documentary or news report about New York City in the storm of 2020. It's like this, um, I would say it's like a meditative broad, broad city, present apocalyptic with wide eyes, <laughs> wondering what's going to flood into all the gaps. It's putting faces to crisis porn that are spinning your relatives out as they watch it and believe all the news and just like a generally petrified of change. I don't know. It reminded me of like, remember when Madonna went all drowned world and frozen it's definitely got like that kind of attitude like it's kind of spiritual and meditative in the hustle and bustle of what it means to be alive right now but I feel like it reminds you that with rising anger comes the need for community care too and it feels like the green vest at schoolies or the marshals at a rally and it's the art that's trying to keep you grounded during a bad trip so share it with your friends I love it we'll pop pop a little link up on the programs page of both uh, the trailers for both reviews, uh, Jen, Andre, in a word, how would we put them? Well, for Remy, I want to do a word that has a slash in it. I want to say complaining slash excellent. 
Um, <laughs> the two lizards, I want to just say dialogue. We had a great conversation with Sydney artist Sabasusa where they were talking about how it's so hard to write dialogue. And two lizards nails it. Yeah, right. Hard. I will echo For that sure. sentiment. Dialogue is difficult in any situation. Uh, Rami, for sure, for me, what stands out is the condom scene. So I'm just going to say condoms and Pen15. And then for two lizards, I would say us. There's like a great scene where one of them's having a flashback to being at a club and then sitting in a diner after the club and they're all talking about us and how that's like actually their life. And then it cuts to, this is like not one word review, but um, <laughs> cuts to them just like trying to figure out what movie to watch. <laughs> stuck in their Y'all, we're getting new stings next week. Let's make a unanimous agreement. <laughs> Let's cut the one word reviews. It's too hard. It's too, we've got too much work to do. It's 2020. We're under pandemic. No more one word reviews. <laughs> All right. You heard it first right here on Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI. Don't go anywhere. We've got a really exciting interview with one of the film lords who had a hand in uncovering some bad stuff going on at NIDA. We gave you a little tease at the start of Movies, Movies, Movies today. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't go anywhere for this Sydney spotlight. It's going to be a good one. This next track, there's a language warning. Come back to me if the brand new Tayana album, the album right here on FBI. Slow drag, stayed away from slow cash. All I want is more cash until I get a toe tag. Ever had your heart broken? Felt like you got your car stolen? Felt like you got your chain snatched? Maybe bring that thing back. Uh, My mom's had the Volvo, we rode in the Osmo. What's a sucker for a ponytail? Looking like another game of show and tell And I'm still the same nigga Chain swinging like Big Daddy Kane or Chica Baby, bring that thing back Hermes wave cap Hermes in a galato A lot of cold words in a convo More plaques on the walls now More death from the dogs now I'ma give it up and let it go Mama said if it's really yours Boy, you come back to me All in my heart like no one I'ma give it up and let you go And if my heart is really yours Boy, you come back to me Is this really worth fighting for? Is this really my fight of yours? I just want to know Do you even care not to show? Oh, when I need to know you're there Patience Nigga, don't talk to me about no patience Down this bitch and understatement Cause I've been loyal, I've been day one Figure out what you want I can't do it for you, no, no Don't just kill me for the sake of love Everything worth my heart and soul 
Mama, give it up and let it go. Mama said, if this really yours, boy, you come back to me. All in my heart like no one knows. I'ma give it up and let you go. And if my heart is really yours, boy, you come back to me. hurting me to say this as much as you have it your way with my heart this is way too hard i'm letting go love is so good could be forever just to be sure i let it all go so we'll really know and if it's for real i do believe you come back to me come come back to me come come back I'ma give it up and let it go. Mama said if it's really yours, boy, you come back to me. All in my heart like no one knows. I'ma give it up and let you go. And if my heart is really yours, boy, you come back to me. On mornings right here on FBI Radio 94.5 from the album Tiana Taylor teaming up with Junie and Rick Ross on Come Back to Me going out for Jen and Andre here on Movies, Movies, Movies. It is Sydney Spotlight time. We have a special guest on the line. Enoch, please, uh, just before we get into all of these questions, please shed some light on what the heck happened and what is going on. Um... So basically that uh, uh, past alumni, former staff, current students have all come together and sort of signed this letter that basically is like, you know, NIDA, you're not doing enough to protect um, the BIPOC students in, like, in your institution. Um, so going forward, we drafted this letter, then the media caught wind of it. And from there, we've had like, Andrew Bolt call us race hustlers, was it? Um, and yeah, so we're basically just calling for like institutional reform um, at the Institute. And that's about it. Is that a good update? That's about it. That's a good update. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, hate I, to, I, hate, I hate to ask a traditional question, but as someone who's, you're currently at NIDA, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. How did you did you feel apprehension about calling out the place where you're studying, or were you just like we have to do this even though we risk uh, an awkward conversation at the place where we're studying? I mean, I guess like there's always that fear of like how would this affect my career going forward, but there's no real apprehension in like like it's an institute and it's like public funded and like what this really is like a fight about is like this university being accessible to people who are paying for it and like. Right now, like, not every student can, like, not every prospective student can afford to even get their foot in the door. So it's like, how will we creating, like, this future industry that's, like, we want to create diverse sort of film and, like, create, um, create diverse theatre and TV, 
but the reality is like if I was looking around the class like I was the only black student ever I never had once had like a black educator it once had a POC educator so it's like actually like we've got so much work to do in terms of like the institute but no no I mean it's upsetting that like someone across the world has had to die at the hands of police but it's it's really like linking it back and being like actually like say something about like police brutality like step up Liz Hughes and like put your skin in the game like like we're artists and like we should be saying things and I guess like like you three would understand like where do we sit in this like global uprising slash movement that's calling for like necessarily like just a better world where people stop dying at the hands of police and like I don't think it's enough to say nothing especially with everything that's happening very true for sure and I guess I wanted to ask you what do you feel because I mean so many kids all around Australia aspire to go to NIDA and NIDA has such an influence on our cultural institutes not only the actors that come out but you were saying like on the phone before about all the people that stock all of the back end like people who run the admin of all of these institutions and make these choices so like uncovering systemic racism what do you think that means for our industry as a whole because of NIDA? I think it's just like we're it's like just um about like being publicly accountable to something um like it's i like it's yeah it's like a place which pushes the, it's like night is an interesting place because it has like a direct link to the industry and like no other sort of university in australia has those direct links so like if you can't have like and it's not about it's also like beyond color it's like we're talking about like working class like white people people with disability like even like the islamic community in western sydney like if those sort of groups and communities can't get their foot in the door and really want to like get into the industry like you're actually stopping people and like this is a public funded university we're talking about and i think it's time like that night step up and you know really walk the walk in terms of what they always talk about inclusivity diversity all those like buzzwords they like to throw around it's like not being seen like it's it's upsetting to look around like at, whilst i'm at nida and see like the future of what the industry is and just be like really like this is what you could find like the amount of creatives i've met outside of nida who are really doing amazing things and you both would know like seeing like DIY filmmakers, like people really hustling to create good work aren't being celebrated. And we're seeing this at Sydney Film Festival where it's like, you've just awarded mukbang. Like, it, like yeah, we could talk about the content, but like the idea of like awarding a bunch of filmmakers who could afford to make a film like that with more money, when like, you're not actually doing the job and accessing like all the amazing filmmaking that's going down in Sydney at the moment, where people are putting stuff together on a like shoestring budget of ten dollars. Sorry, that's like an ambulance in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uh, just not to like stoke the fire, but I remember reposting about your article or the article that you're involved in, Enoch, and just the amount of people that are calling out their own institutions. It's just it's everywhere, and like everyone's saying, every institution needs to reform and reevaluate their position and find a way to speak. Because, like you said, everyone should just speak up and 
and involve themselves with. Yeah, but if we were oh, oh go yeah no no you sorry you go I was just going to say that's that's absolutely true and we were talking last night about how the onus shouldn't actually be on the people who go to these racist institutions it's on like there's a hundred signatures there that NIDA should individually be addressing like how are they going to individually address every person who signed that and figure out what went wrong and also like the signatures like a majority of the people who signed it were white people so like we're talking about white students who also were seeing like the systematic racism and like isn't like just this like singular BIPOC cohort it's like white people are being like what is happening is like not okay not on like this isn't the industry we want to be part of but the fear that is like the fear and keeping silent that is sort of perpetuated and encouraged is like really sad to watch like white students know what's going on is wrong but can't say anything because they're so worried about the implications and then you like contextually to look at it like that's that's we're breeding the same sort of behavior that led to Harvey Weinstein me too and like all these like cooked things where like young people talents are being squashed and not empowered and BIPOC students aren't being challenged instead like are being challenged instead of like white people who might hold racist views aren't being challenged in the institute which I believe that's where like that's where the institute should intercept people who might not necessarily have worked with BIPOC people in their lives like <laughs> and that's on oh. period <laughs> Enoch as, as someone who's been part of like a student-led campaign you know super significant institution like NIDA what would you say to other students who maybe want to you know organize at their university or at their art school um who are maybe reluctant for any reason can you is there anything that you can say that might encourage them as someone who's done it very successfully I mean like it's always like safety in numbers um I think there are people who um are willing to like catch you if like it doesn't work that way but just like be staunch in your truth and like put your skin in the game and like change the world you're living in like you don't have to inherit like the cool things about the industry now we can like all as creatives like work to make this industry a better more inclusive and more diverse like place for everybody like there's enough room for everybody at this table and if you want to apply for a NIDA as a BIPOC student, 100% do it. It's like your universe, like, you know, like we pay taxes to fund that university. Support everybody. You're allowed to go there. Like, just like be cautious on like, just be wary that like what you might be getting into might not be as safe as you think it will be. Very Thank well you said. So much for there you go. <laughs> I miss you I guys mean- so much. i could keep going with this conversation but i feel like the zoom timer is like ticking down how much more uh, do we have to get out of here maya i think we're gonna have to leave it there enoch thank you so much for coming on movies 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 and hopefully we'll catch uh something you put together on two reviews very very soon oh my god can you imagine us reviewing (laughs) enoch If you want to listen back to uh, today's show on Movies, 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 you can go to fbiradio.com slash programs or you can also catch the podcast anywhere you grab your podcasts from. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Enoch. We're going to take you to a track right now by Dallas Woods. If it glitters, it's gold. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.